This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Budabaker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go! Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jurecki, and three-time Pro Bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Six months. It's actually just less than six months. But six months, gentlemen, is when the season begins. In other words, we've got some time. And I say this because the fan base, and not everyone, but let's say the fans who like to be vocal, especially on social media, are not happy. Not enough has been done to upgrade the roster. I get it. It has been quiet, more quiet than we're used to under General Manager Steve Keim, who appears, Kyle, to be taking a more patient approach, focusing on his own free agents and this is the first time we've had a chance to speak with you since the start of free agency as it begins week two but nine players returning only two outside additions to the roster thus far and again it is march 22nd yeah i mean it's uh i i actually appreciate this plan assuming that um moves are still going to be made um you know there's an inherent risk of being aggressive, especially with some of these tier one players, um, it's it, it seems like a lot of people are following the blueprint of the Rams. Like we're all in this year, um, you know. We'll worry about salary cap down the road when when we're up against it, but we're just going to do everything we can. And to me, the signal sent about this team in the off season was uh, we want stability by saying we're bringing back Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, We're giving them an extension through 2027. Um, We want to be good and we want to be competitive for years. And I think that's the way to go. Um, You know, there's going to be a lot of teams that will get to the middle of the season, all these teams that have been aggressive, that are going to have regret. And there's only, if ever, you know, there's, you know, half a dozen teams that seem to be taking this mentality. This is our year. We're all in. Well, at least five of those six are going to be disappointed. And a lot of it comes down to um, how fortunate are you um, with health and keeping guys on the field. Um, with the 17-game season, um, you know, you need depth. You need quality players, not just at the starting position, not just playmakers um, in that starting lineup. But those guys are going to go down. Those guys are going to need rest. Um, you need um, – good football players from the top of the lineup to the bottom. Um, And I appreciate that. And there is still a lot of talent. And there's, you know, I I think the teams that typically um, do really well, they can find those guys at this point in free agency on those one-year prove-it deals. And you will never get um, more effort. You'll never get guys more dialed in than when when they're on that prove-it deal because they're trying to get that big deal next year. So um, that opportunity is there, and there is still guys out there. And I think that's exactly what what Steve wanted to do. I mean, people forget this team was ten and two, and obviously, you know, depth was questioned down the stretch. I mean, they had nine different line combinations. 
But, you know, when you when you uh, re-sign a guy like Zach Ertz and James Conner, those are two starters. Max Williams would probably see more 12 personnel. I mean, he's not going to deviate from his plan. I mean, there's there's a lot of players out there, and they're going to get one-year deals. Uh, I know the, you know, I talked to someone last week, and their phone was ringing, and, and you know, agents are saying, well, you know, I promised my guy a three-year deal. Can you give us a two? And then, well, call us back next week because that's the market's going to dry up. I mean, now y- you were drafted by the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and then you went to Detroit. Or I went to Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Now, what was it like for you when you were a free agent? Right. Uh, I mean, I played a long time ago here. Um, for those that don't remember, it wasn't that long. Don't yeah, take a long time yourself. ago. I mean, <laughs> I, I got a lot of gray hair in my beard, but. Um, it, it, you know, it, I tore my ACL my rookie year, um, was semi-healthy my second year, and tore another ACL my third year and was never healthy here. So um, at the end of my rookie deal, uh, my phone didn't ring. My agent was calling around to teams to try to give me an opportunity, and I wasn't Tier 1, I wasn't Tier 2. I don't even know if there's a tier that exists of what I was because I sat there and just wanted an opportunity to continue playing football, um, signed a veteran minimum contract, um, and was given an opportunity, and it was because of circumstances that um, I was unproductive and was unable to be the player I wanted to be for the Cardinals. But once I got healthy, um, I had that opportunity. And throughout my five years in Tennessee, um, I went to three Pro Bowls and and finally got my legs underneath me. And so, you know, you need to – and um, as a GM, you need to try to find those guys at this point in free agency. You don't – um, like I said, uh, some of these contracts for some of these players are outrageous, but it's the going rate. It's why a player will turn down contract extensions to try to get to free agency because all you need is one team that loves you. And if you have two or three teams that do, then those numbers start to go higher and higher. And, it, it, you know, while there is value, and make make no mistake, this league is built around superstars. You have a difficult time. Uh, having playoff success or uh, winning a Super Bowl without superstars. But at the same time, football is still the ultimate team sport. You need quality depth. You need quality players at each position. And you can win with uh, out a, you know, without a dozen superstars on your team, without, you know, uh, six superstars on your team. You can win with good players that play fundamentally sound football. And that's honestly what I love. Um, you know, the Cardinals have identified who are the guys we cannot lose, who are our key guys that we need to bring back that are our identity, and that's what they did this offseason. And, um, you know, the base is there. It's just filling in the pieces around them. So when you're looking for a, a job, I always thought it comes down to fit and then asking price. In this case, you're coming off in injuries, but you had one of the better um, defensive line coaches in football, Jim Washburn. Was it, was it a good fit for you when you signed there? Yeah, it was. I mean, I was uh, Jim Washburn was a fantastic coach, and he could he turned a lot of average players into really good players. And it was all about effort and um, attacking. And it's a different type of scheme than other other teams had, and it it fit me, and it was the right fit. I kind of again lucked into it because um, at that time I had a visit with Buffalo, and then I had a visit with Tennessee. There was only two teams that even talked to me at that moment. So, um, but it, it does come down to fit. It comes down to getting with the right coach that you have a good uh, relationship with that that you trust and you know that's what a lot of these players are looking at now I think everybody's agent sat down and told them how much money they were going to get and which teams are going to be interested and at this point um, these players that are still waiting for an opportunity are just looking for that right fit 
um, to you know help their careers and potentially help them get a big contract down the road. Well, speaking of Fitz, a one-year deal agreed upon the Cardinals and inside linebacker Nick Vigil. That one just coming down about 30, 35 minutes ago, the second outside free agent that this team has added, the first being cornerback Jeff Gladney. In fact, those two were teammates uh, with the uh, – I'm uh, sorry, yeah, they were uh, – Actually, they were not teammates with the Minnesota Vikings. Gladney, um, they just missed each other. Vigil just spent one year with the Vikings, and that was last season. In fact, played against the Cardinals in Week 2 and picked off Kyler Murray in that third quarter. But another new Pick phase. six. Pick six, yes, there was. <laughs> but more familiarity within this Cardinals free agency so far, and I think one of those names that we all wanted to see back, MJ, was James Conner just because of the production as far as what he was able to do running the football and catching the football. Yeah, and you know some of the uh, the analytics guys that look at his contract, and, and Leonard Fournette signed the same contract this morning with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, three years, 21. Um, Connor obviously got some stability when you look at him and Zach Ertz, and I think he could be the bell cow in this offense, and we know he's, he's just he's an alpha male. Uh, people gravitate to him the way he's a bully out there. He's really well respected in the locker room, so to me those are the two priorities, him and Zach Ertz. And then you you know you got to fill out the roster with Dennis Gardeck and Michael Dogby and you know some of these other guys. But you know you look at uh, Virgil. I mean to me it would be the backup. Probably he's much younger than Jordan Hicks. He's 28 years old. He has played in 85 games, 51 starts. So I would think he's going to be competing for a backup job. And again, a little bit younger than Jordan Hicks. 29 he'll be when the season begins as we take a look at what James Conner was able to do last season. 18 total touchdowns, but it was what he was able to do as far as catching the ball out of the backfield, something he talked about recently on the Big Red Rage. You know, I see people talking about the numbers and whatever it may be, and they like to just label running backs, running backs, but um, much more than that. I, I am a running back, but uh, mindset, like I like to set the tone for things, you know, just being, being my best self, you know, I give more to this team than, than just touchdowns, you know, and so I take pride in that. Averaged a career best 10.1 yards a reception last season for the Arizona Cardinals, but more than just the production, the mentality. You brought it up earlier, MJ, that bully ball. Here's Connor on that. Football is a man on a man every time. You know, it'll really never change, and that's what the game is. And uh, sometimes you just got to be a bully. Somebody in your way, you got to, you know, force them out of your way and, man, just be more physical. And so, you know, being a bully, when you think of a bully, what do you think of? You think of somebody physical um, and all of that type of stuff. So it's just it's bully ball. Connor set the tone for this team last season, Kyle, and I don't think it was a tone that we had seen in recent years. You always want to be tough, you want to be physical, but guys seem to feed off of that energy that Connor brought when he ran between the tackles, didn't shy away from that contact, and really lowered the pad level, as Ron Wolfley likes to say, and hit the hole. Yeah, it, it was something this offense had been missing. Um, it was something that was desperately needed. Um, you know, when you go after a free agent, you look at several things. Um, I mean, obviously, you look at the stats and the production. Um, but there are certain players, and these are the players that really build a team that do raise the level of every other player on the team. And, uh, I mean, just going back to last season, uh, Paul Calvisi talked about it over and over about how when James Conner would have those bruising type runs how much it got people excited on the sidelines and also just game circumstances like um, being able to pick up that third and two being able to pick up that fourth and short being able to punch it in when you get the ball down to the two yard line 
it can completely deflate your team. And we saw that two seasons ago when you get down inside that red zone and you're unable to convert. However, when you have a guy that you can just turn around and hand the ball off to and he will will his way into the end zone, it not only it gets you the six points that you need, um, but it also raises the level of everybody on that offense and everybody on defense and everybody on special ty- special teams. And he was that type of player that everybody loved his style of play, and it made them raise their level as well. And that's why, you know, I, I don't know what other offers James Conner had out there. He was a must to bring back because – the people in this building knew what he brought to this team. It it raised the play of every single player on that football field. It's a three-year contract for James Conner. He'll get the bulk of the carries going into this upcoming season, and maybe perhaps if needed, depending on what happens during the course of the year, if there is a need on defense. He does have some experience playing that side of the ball. Back at Pittsburgh. True or false? You were a defensive lineman in high school. Yes, sir. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. I love. I still to this day love defense. I got my scholarship to go to Pitt as a defensive end. Really? Uh, yeah, I committed before my senior year of high school started. I went to the prospect camp. Um, this is all in my book, too, by the way, Fear is a Choice. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I went to the camp, and then uh, my senior year, I was playing running back, and then they called. They said, hey, when you get to Pitt, we want you to play running back. But but defense has always been, you know, hmm. my love. You know, I've always loved defense, and, and uh, I'm all right at it. Is that why you and Aaron Donald <laughs> get along so well, maybe? Yeah, right. We got a little half sack <laughs> together in, in our bowl game versus Bowling Green, my – my freshman year at Pitt and his senior year. Really? So, yeah, we combined. I think we met at the quarterback, so that's something <laughs> I'll hold on to, too. If you want to go back and look at it, our executive producer, Jim Omohunter, did find it on YouTube. It's the 2013 Little Caesars Bowl, and you'll see number 40. That is James Conner. And the other gentleman, Aaron Donald, that's right, of the Los Angeles Rams. But, Kyle, the two converged on the quarterback, and it is, does sound like it's a little bit of a highlight from one James Conner. Yeah, Little Caesars Bowl. Is that in sunny Detroit? I'm, I'm sure that was a fun bowl trip for everybody. Uh, yeah, and I also love his veteran presence, right? He he got a good plug for his book during the interview. He that was very sure, solid, yes. sure to yes. squeeze that in. But he does have, um, you know, a defensive player type mentality where he takes the fight to you. Um, you know, we've seen it here. You see it on other teams. Um, you know, even good running backs, they're looking for an opportunity to grab grass and get down before they take hits, step out of bounds, you know, sometimes a yard short of the first down. That is not James Conner. That's not who he is, how he's made up. He's going to fight for every blade of grass on that football field. And, again, it's somebody that you can rally around. It's somebody that, um, you know, the entire team sees, well, you know, this guy's a veteran. He's been around. He's not looking to take the easy way out. He's going to run to darkness and, and try to come out the other end. Yeah, and if I recall, that in that first game against the Rams, Aaron Donald had him in the, in the box, and he was able to get right through him. They needed that in the next two games, though. He got stopped initially, but the second efforts found a hole, bounced to the outside, and was able to get to the end zone for six. So, yeah, James Conner, one of those priority free agents, if you will, for general manager Steve Conner as far as retaining your own unrestricted free agents. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows at your convenience, like the Dave Patch Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. You talk about that James Conner style of play, the mentality. Staying with the offense, might we see a different-looking offense going into next season? 
We'll get to that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Max Williams, 14-yard touchdown catch. Let's start doing that as Mel Kuyper. Talk about tremendous snap. Snap to Kyler Murray. Three-step drop. Lobs it deep to the middle of the end zone. Max Williams. Double X on the X. Max single S on the Williams. Hangs it. He's a hit. Touchdown. Williams over the middle. Got popped. But Kyler Murray with a beautiful touchdown throw. And at the end of the day, the Cardinals are back in front. (laughs) Let's do uh, John Madden. I mean, mean, what what are you going to do when Max Williams runs the seam on you. I mean, what a great read by Kyler Murray. I mean, that's Kyler Murray just being Kyler Murray right there. He saw what he needed to do, and boom. I mean, he just made it happen. The one and only Frank Caliendo on a past episode of the Day Pash podcast doing his many impressions, voice impressions. Max Williams, the touchdown as Mel Kuyper and as John Madden. Maybe we'll get some updated highlights as Max Williams is back as we welcome you back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Max Williams agreeing to terms on a one-year deal. Did not see a lot of Max Williams last season, injured in week five. But, Kyle, he was well on his way to a career year. Glad he is back. And the bright side on his injury is you get to find out what Zach Ertz could look like within this offense, the chemistry between he and Kyler Murray. But now you've got Ertz and Max Williams, two tight ends. And MJ and I were discussing uh, a while back that, you know, I don't know if this organization, this franchise has had a tight end tandem quite like that, depending on really the health of Max Williams going into this upcoming season. No, you're right. And, you know, it was – it was easy to see how Max Williams had developed uh, and changed his game. I mean, he was when he first got here, um, he was primarily a blocking tight end. You know, he would find some um, space in the flat sometimes and catch some balls. Um, but he was really a weapon, especially down the seams last year, and, and was a complete tight end. Um, you know, he's a he's a big, strong, physical blocker, and he will get after um, whether it be linebackers or defensive ends um, at the point of attack. He's the kind of guy you want to run behind um and it was unfortunate um to see him go down because he was he was on pace to have a a a great season and be an impact player especially late in the season for the cardinals the way he played football and his physical nature um but now you pair the two of them together um it, it really gives you a lot of opportunities on offense because with both of them on the field, um, you know, you can hunker down and, and Zach Ertz can be your move tight end and, and move around in the backfield and be a lead blocker. And Max Williams can, um, you know, pave the way in the running game or, um, you know, they've both shown that they're good receivers. So it's difficult, you know, as defensive coordinators are going throughout a game, they're looking at personnel and then they adjust their personnel and their packages and their calls. And it's really going to be difficult for defensive coordinators to figure out, okay, when these two are on the field at the same time, what type of plays are we going to see? Because really both of them are good blockers and both of them are very good receivers. So um, it's tough to match up uh, what type of personnel and what type of coverage and what type of front you want to do against them, against the Cardinals when they have both tight ends on the field. Yeah, you know, 
11 personnel has, has been their key over the last couple of years. Um, they've actually, you know, I think now they'll run a little bit more 12 personnel. And I know Kyler Murray is a lot different than Peyton Manning, but I just go back to those Colts days when you had two tight ends. I mean, Dallas Clark and, you know, they uh, the other guy was either Marcus Pollard or, or somebody else. Um, and, and I hope the Cardinals utilize that because you can put Max on the outside and then technically uh, Zach Ertz can line up in the slot. And then you're looking for a matchup. And one of the things I really was impressed with what he told us is that, you know, in the first quarter, he'll run a route. And in the fourth quarter, I'm going to run a different route just based on the looks they show me. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I would have targeted him 15 times in that Rams game because they didn't have their, their safeties in that game. But unfortunately, when you're down 21 nothing, you're just kind of playing catch-up. Zach Hurts, when he addressed the media after signing his contract, you know, reminded everyone, look, I've, I've not played with Max Williams. I'm familiar with Max Williams, but they were never on the field together at the same time. So it's left to us to speculate on what might this pairing do for the offense, something that Ron Wolfley discussed recently on the Big Red Rage. With Zach Ertz and Max Williams, as opposed to Max Williams and a third wide receiver, I think Zach Ertz and Max Williams, especially in rundown situation, in play action, oh my goodness. Look out with that right there. That is going to be a great combination. It's going to be more physical, and yet at the same time, you're going to have that play-action pass, man, and you might see Kyler under center a little bit more. You brought up a word, Kyle, mismatch, and this game is all about matching up or, in the case of an offense, trying to find where is the biggest mismatch. And you look at Ertz 6'5", Max Williams 6'4", and whether both have their hand in the dirt or one is split, as a slot receiver, tell me, or maybe both are split as a wide receiver, tell me a cornerback or a linebacker that's going to be able to be as physical or hang with one or both of those tight ends, potentially. Right, yeah. It's Again, that's your problem as a defense. Do you line a linebacker across from them expecting a run um, to give make yourself a little bit more stout up front or you know they, they come out and they get into a tight formation and then all of a sudden they both split out and they're both out as slots then also you've got linebackers trying to cover these guys and um, you know one of the things I loved about um, Zach Ertz and uh, what he brought to this offense he really when DeAndre Hopkins went down when Kyler was in trouble he was looking for Zach Ertz and Zach Ertz um, you know, he knows how to find spaces on the football field. Um, he knows how to get open. He's he's smart. He's savvy. He runs good routes. And he really developed a chemistry with Kyler. Um, and bringing these two guys back, I mean, again, the guys that we've signed up to this point, the guys that we've retained – um, are all so good for this locker room. I mean, it was a good locker room last year. Um, you know, in spite of what happened late in the season, you never question the leadership. You never question, um, is there me guys in the locker room doing their own thing and, and, and putting this team in a bad spot? Um, they brought back good leaders and good quality guys, and these two tight ends are at the top of that list in this locker room. I mean, they're both um, fantastic. And when you hear them talk, they are great team players. They will do whatever it takes, whatever is asked of them, um, to help this team win games. I brought up the fact that Max Williams, you know, did not play a full season. He got hurt in October, a season-ending knee injury. Now we know MJ; he's rehabbing. We haven't heard from him as far as how that is going, but October injury, you'd expect that he would be available week one. I say expect because everyone heals differently. That does give you. 
11 months of recovery, and we've seen guys return much sooner than that. But if I'm the Cardinals, I'm certainly playing it safe. And, yeah, maybe you want to see him on the field a little bit in training camp, just maybe not at full speed. He's Max Williams, to me, has almost become like DeAndre Hopkins. Just, just get me to Sunday because we've seen how important those two particular players are when they are on the football field. Might not always get the ball, might not always be targeted, but just the presence of those two certainly impacts the rest of the offense. Yeah, I mean, uh, the last thing you want to do is have a setback, and he's obviously a guy that's spent a lot of time here at the facility working out, and then he also can go to Brett Fisher. So I wouldn't anticipate him doing a whole lot in offseason workouts and just ramp it up for training camp. And as you mentioned, probably don't even see him in the preseason, but the whole idea is that no no setbacks and get him ready for the regular season. It's a one-year contract. So again, as we talk about James Conner a year ago, A.J. Green a year ago, one year prove it. James Conner rewarded with a three-year deal with the Cardinals. Cole McCoy. And Cole McCoy getting a two-year contract, whom we'll talk about here momentarily. But for Max Williams, you would think for him this is a big year. Hey, stay healthy, and then potentially, because, you know, closing in on his 30s, you know, one last big paycheck hopefully for a max williams and maybe it is with the arizona cardinals yeah and you know uh, zach Ertz. um I, th- I think he made it clear and it wasn't lip service where he said he really wanted to be here but th- there were reports that doug peterson wanted to bring him to jacksonville probably could have money whipped him because he wanted to bring leadership there and you know zach Ertz obviously won a super bowl with doug peterson so I think he wanted to be here. His family loves it out here. And, and again, that was one of the huge priorities, him and James Conner. And some other guys, too. Maybe they're not starters, but you talk about depth. And that's that's where the question late in the year, they didn't have the depth so they w- could have withstand some of those games against the Seahawks and Rams. Now we know Cliff Kingsbury wants to spread the ball out throw the ball to wide receivers and we might see an adjustment from him as far as when you have the talent of a Zach Ertz and a Max Williams what do you do you can't have them on the sidelines well you can also run the ball out of that formation you talk about lining up and you know let's just let's get physical here we're going to run the ball down your throat and then if you want to put another guy in in the box we're going to start throwing it then so to me it creates mismatch talk about depth well depth at the quarterback position Hopefully we don't see Colt McCoy in 2022, but if needed, and that's why his return was so big. We'll touch on Colt McCoy's return to the Cardinals when we come back as we have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Rio, Lukov, Enibosh, and Mike Jarecki. We do it every Tuesday year-round, 11 a.m. right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. to McCoy, straight drop back, looking left all the way, now dumps it off across the middle to Connor, caught at the 15, ranks and tackle 20-25, gets the first down, boy, Cole McCoy looked left the entire time, and at the last second, shifted his eyes to the right, Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! Cole McCoy, the cool veteran, went ahead, bought himself a little bit of time that split second. McCoy takes the snap, pump fake to the right, throws over the middle, it's caught inside the 10-yard line by Ertz, down to the 5. Perfectly executed, great read by Colt McCoy. Gorgeous toss by Colt McCoy. Oh, that is a greasy throw by Colt McCoy right there. Spin that pig, Colt. Shotgun snap to McCoy, balls loose on the ground, he picks it up, throws over the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown by Ertz. How about Colt 
McCoy picking up a loose ball on the turf and throwing a pass over the middle for a big touchdown here. Three total touchdown throws by Colt McCoy in 2021 as he went 2-1 and one as a starter, including two huge division wins on the road, San Francisco and Seattle. As we continue here, welcome you back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Colt McCoy coming back on a two-year contract to be the backup. But as I mentioned going in to the break, if you have to have a quarterback come in off the bench, you want someone that is not afraid, someone who's experienced, and someone who can handle the job two, three, four games. No more than that because if you lose your starter for any more than that, then your season is probably done. But to have someone come in, Kyle, like a Colt McCoy last year, Kyler Murray misses three games and they went two and one. I'll say it again. Two and one as a starter to keep that early season stretch going. That 10 and two mark with Colt McCoy as your starter. And that offense did not skip a beat. No, that's absolutely right. Um, he is everything you look for in a backup quarterback. Um, he checks all the boxes. He has the ability, like you said, um, in a pinch to help this team succeed, to keep the offense rolling. Um, he has not only knowledge of this offense, he's been on several teams and um, it, it can provide insight to, okay, you know, here's what plays are going to work. Here's, um, you, you know, what they're trying to do to us. And, you know, it, having heard some of his interviews, he's got, he's got knowledge of defensive coordinators. I mean, he's essentially, um, you know, when he's not on the field, he's another coach. He's, he's a, another set of eyes for both Cliff and Kyler. Um, and then he has, you know, as a backup, he has the trust of the head coach, has a great relationship with Coach Kingsbury. Um, and probably most important, he has the respect of Kyler Murray. Um, to have a backup quarterback that can talk to Kyler, can sit with him on the bench, look at the tablet, um, discuss um, how things are going, what things are going to work, what plays you want to run the next series. Um, he, he checks all of those boxes, and, and it's 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 something that you know he's he's an insurance policy for this team in the event that Kyler is unavailable for a number of reasons in any games. You feel confident um, having him under center that your team. Um, will still have an opportunity to win. And it's not like that um, everywhere in the league. There is a lot of backup quarterbacks that um, really don't give you much of an opportunity to win a game in the event that the starter is out. That point you made about having the respect of Kyler Murray, to me, MJ, that might be the most important aspect that Colt McCoy brings to the Arizona Cardinals. A Texas quarterback, a legend in Texas, Kyler Murray, Texas quarterback, a legend in Texas, grew up watching Colt McCoy. And sometimes, you know, you hear things from an adult, your teacher, your head coach, but it's your peer, your guy sitting next to you on that sideline, like Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray photographed several times, going over what went right, what went wrong, being that second set of eyes, if you will. Yeah, and you know, Kyler's not looking over his shoulder. You know, I, you know, I think Brent Hundley wanted to be Kyler's friend, and, and that's the reason why they brought him in. And obviously, it didn't work out with Chris Traveler. So he knows his role, and I can't say enough um, to bring him back on a two-year deal. Uh, good for him because he signed a one-year deal. But I just think he's he's one guy that can get Kyler to watch some film. He's one guy that can get Kyler to focus on other things besides his physical attributes. So. To me, this has been a great sponge for Kyler, and it's only going to get better. Had a chance to hear from Colt McCoy earlier this week. Looking back at the 2021 season, 
the 10 and 2 starts and then also talking about how the year ended being 10 and 2 in december is is something that you know doesn't happen very often so we obviously know what it takes to to win games you know if there was one thing we could have fixed late in the year we would have fixed it i think it was a bunch of different things that you know we can address and benefit from um, we have a very talented group of guys uh, guys who care I'm so thankful to have signed up for a couple more years to work with Kyler. We are really excited about next year and not happy how it ended, but you know, we've kind of flushed that and, and moving forward. And important that Cole McCoy, as he said, wanted to come back, wanted to continue to work with Kyler Murray. The franchise quarterback has been in the news a lot for what he's done, what he hasn't done, what his agent has done, what has been said, what has been written. A lot of speculation on the quarterback and his future, but it does speak that Colt McCoy wanted to come back not just for one season, but for two seasons. But the question of leadership with respect to K-1, Colt McCoy on that. Kyler's obviously extremely talented, just finished his third year in the NFL. I would say that his arrow is is pointing up. I know how hard it was for me my first three years in the NFL uh, to, to handle all the things that come with being a franchise quarterback and being in the NFL, and uh, I think Kyler's handled it tremendously. You know, He's a super competitor. He wants to win. He, he works hard, and I think it kind of sets the tone for our whole team. That quarterback locker room, or I should say that quarterback room, MJ, you've got Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, Cam Turner, who McCoy brought up as well. Don't forget Trace McSorley is in there as well as as a young signal caller. But that is a room that seems to be very close-knit, very tight, and the one goal is to win on Sunday. Yeah, and I can tell you I was uh, in the cafeteria when uh, they signed Colt McCoy, and I can Cam Turner was very happy just because you never know. I mean – uh, you know, obviously, he's got a relationship with the new head coach in um, in Minnesota. Uh, he was actually in Washington with Scott O'Connell, with Kirk Cousins. So you never know if they're going to try to bring him in. So obviously, you know, he, he likes being out here. But I, I just feel like you know, last year he won two games on the road, division games. Um, you know, I I know that Kyler's skill set is different, but I, I there was times in that game where I'm like, this is the way the offense could run. You know, when when Colt was smart enough to know those guys were bringing pressure, he was baiting them, and then he would throw that screen pass to James Conner. Little things. And, we, and again, Kyler looked like he didn't want to run towards the end of the season. So, um, But I just think it's he's a really good, um, um, I guess, sounding board. But also, you know, if he has to play, he can come in and play. And that's one of the things I think they, they figured out last year. It's not an easy role, but you look at it. Colt McCoy, this will be his 13th. NFL season. Kyle, you've played 12 years in the National Football League. Certainly different positions. Colt McCoy's not getting as beat up as you did, but to last in the league, what, better than five years, I guess? I mean, better than four years for many guys. Now you're talking about 13 seasons in the National Football League and still being able to do it. Maybe not for an entire season, but for a stretch if needed. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, you know, when I think of Colt McCoy, um, I, I think of respect and the respect he commands in that locker room. Um, you know, I think one of the things that, again, aside from what happens game day, aside from X's and O's, um, you know, Kyler can learn a lot from Colt and his experiences. While their NFL careers um, have a completely different path, um, you know, Colt is, again, a consummate teammate. Um, he 
is willing to stay after practice and throw balls to whether it be DeAndre Hopkins if he wants it or a guy they just signed off the street um, that might not even be around next week. He's that type of guy that really cares. When you are the franchise quarterback, you care about the health of your franchise and your team, and you will do whatever it takes, and you don't see a lot of that. You don't see hardly any of it. It happens on the practice field. It happens in the meeting rooms. It happens with a commitment not just to your progress and your numbers and your performance, but your commitment to making your teammates better and being selfless and giving your time and trying to help out, whether it be, again, trying to help out your stars and or whether you are willing to step aside and help out a young player that's struggling or trying to get better. And I think that's, you know, the next step. And I think that's exactly what Colt McCoy brings to this team is that type of leadership, not not the guy out there on Sundays pounding his chest, throwing touchdowns, but the guy who selflessly gives of his time and of himself to help this team get better. There's a genuine excitement in his voice about being back he mentioned being fired up a couple of different times in his press conference with the media on monday mj and it's again i'm sure he had other interests other teams knocking on the door and when you go two and one as a starter for three games i mean teams are looking for that security blanket and then based off the number of quarterback movements you know was there an opportunity at some point maybe a team thought colt mccoy could be their starter for one year well look at mitch trubisky Look at Marcus Mariota. I mean, these guys were top picks. Now, Colt McCoy obviously was, I want to say, a fourth-round pick. Um, when he, I think they drafted him the same year. Maybe they drafted RG3. I could be wrong, though. But, yeah, I mean, it, but the grass isn't always greener. And quality of life when you get older, raising a family in Arizona, that makes total sense. And he brought that up. He, his wife, his four kids loved their time in Arizona. Now two years here in the state of Arizona. So Colt McCoy is back on a two-year contract. Check out Season 1 of Cardinals Folktales on our official YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. At cornerback, number 20, Jack. Hey, let's get it! Hey, let's go! And Jeff Gladney, like a shot, chops him down. Let's go! Let's get him, man! Jeff Gladney mic'd up. Vikings Broadcast Network there. One of the one of the two new faces to the Arizona Cardinals thus far. Jeff Gladney, 25 years old, 5'10", 191-pound cornerback, adding depth to that cornerback room, perhaps, maybe. Remember, he did not play last season, but potentially Cardinals would like to see him maybe become one of those three starters. Cornerbacks are in need, a lot of need in the National Football League. So the Cardinals dipping into that free agent market. Also earlier on Tuesday, in case you might have missed it, the Cardinals added depth at inside linebacker Nick Vigil, agreeing to terms on a one-year contract, six-year NFL veteran last season with the Vikings, 16 games, 12 starts. And, yes, he did pick off Kyler Murray in Week 2. Cardinals, though, won that contest. Free agency in Week 2. Kyle, what do you make of what has happened 
not so much with the Arizona Cardinals, but around the league, the amount of quarterback movement, the amount of trades that have happened so far, not just minor trades, but big names, a Russell Wilson, Devontae Adams, guys that you would expect to be at their respective teams their entire career. And then all of a sudden this offseason, they'll be wearing another uniform in 2022. Yeah, we talked about it off the air, but I think you know, in a copycat league, everybody's trying to copy the Rams blueprint of, you know, we need to bring in a good quarterback and make a couple of trades and really be all in for this season. Um, and, and it has been. It's, it has just been nuts, the start of free agency and the, and the trades and the movement. Um, you know, it appears that um, you know, the NFC has become a farm team for the AFC. Hey, you start your career in the NFC, <laughs> Um, you build up your value, and then somebody in the AFC is going to pay you, and that's the way it's going to be from here on out is the NFC um, has to develop talent, and then the AFC is just going to steal it when free agency starts. It's a good analogy. I like that because the Cardinals, you know, get rid of Russell Wilson. They'll, they will play him on the road in Denver, but Matt Ryan was on the schedule this upcoming season. He's now in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz gets moved. Deshaun Watson gets moved. Khalil Mack is on the move, and it's 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 fascinating, MJ, because we don't usually see this type of movement in the National Football League, but everyone is looking at that the patience approach that the Cardinals are using right now in free agency. The, most of the league right now, it's, it's what can you do for me yesterday because they want to win now. Yeah, but you know we've talked about how you know you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC that are under 26 or 27 years old, and I mean, you're talking about franchise quarterbacks, and I don't know how many are going to win a Super Bowl because of Kali beat each other up just like Brady and Manning and Roethlisberger won all those Super Bowls but you know in 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 the NFC I mean it, it, to me it's the Cardinals have one of the top five quarterbacks in the league it's, it's just a matter of obviously getting coming together and being able to stay healthy but uh, the way I look at it is if you can just continue to add to this this team and then all of a sudden we're going to see this team make some strides in the second half of the season all right let's touch on that though Kyle as we sit here week two adds what does this team need to add to be better than they were a year ago when i say better not so much in the win-loss record but a playoff run not just a playoff appearance yeah i think a lot of the conversation is revolved around the production that has walked out the door and obviously that's a concern um but, but again um when this team looked like it had very few weaknesses, um, the repeated weakness that came up week in and week out was the run defense. And the, we still need to add some players. We, you know, in, in my opinion, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, I think um, at this point, obviously we're going to add more. This team has enough talent on offense to still be a dynamic offense. Um, you know, we're going to need to replace Chandler Jones. We're going to need an edge rusher. We're going to need, um, you know, a quality veteran defensive tackle to come in to shore up the middle of the defense. Um, and I think you continue to look at cornerback depth. Um, you know, I, I think that there is still some concerns on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I would think, you know, still at a number two receiver, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, and then really focus on a pass rusher, um, cornerbacks, uh, possibly some more depth on the on the D-line. You know, but Russell Wilson is no longer in the conference. Unfortunately, Tom Brady did come back. Um, but the Cardinals have a really imp- – I mean, the, the schedule, I think they got the second toughest schedule in the league now. It's all based on last year uh, and playing the AFC West this year. And that's the problem. They're playing the AFC West this season. I mean, the, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the pass rushers. I mean, from afar, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But 
I'm not interested in playing the AFC West this season. Right. And, it, I mean, ultimately, when you're building your team, you build it to win your division, right? Um, I realize we play these explosive offenses in the AFC, but what do we have to do to beat the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Rams? And traditionally, these are all good running teams, good to great running teams. Um, and you can easily see Seattle with their quarterback situation going back to a run-heavy offense. The Niners are always going to be a run-heavy offense, and that's who the Rams want to be. They want to run the ball and have play-action pass. So, um, again, I think just in order to give yourself success and have the potential to win this division, I think you need to shore up the run defense because if you don't, it's going to be difficult to um, come out on top of, of winning your division games. 49ers are curious just because you don't quite know what Trey Lance is capable of doing. The Seahawks did re-sign Rashad Penny, and there's a guy that can run the ball, as the Cardinals are very aware of last season. And the Rams, they well, they're the Rams. They're the defending Super Bowl champs that just sling it and run the ball. Yeah, and you got to give uh, Matthew Stafford a lot of credit. It sounds like they want to bring Odell Beckham back. I don't know when he's going to be available. He did get hurt, um, you know, late in the year. It was it was the Super Bowl, right? So I don't know when he's going to be available. But yeah, I mean, um, they traded Robert Woods, but I don't know if that that deal went through. They traded him to Tennessee for a six round pick, but you know, Cooper Cup. They're going to try to run the ball, but obviously their defense forces a lot of turnovers. They get to the quarterback, so it. They're a well-rounded team, the Rams, and they're going to be the team to beat in this division. Matthew Stafford getting a contract extension. They're working on an extension for Aaron Donald. They added Allen Robinson to go along with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. You mentioned the trade of Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans. So, yeah, the team to beat in the NFC West, but the Cardinals right there. I think they're the second-best team, at least as we speak, and we know that this Cardinals team still has areas to address and we'll see what happens over the next coming days and weeks ahead and of course we'll talk about it right here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Special thanks to those behind the scenes. Our senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher. For Kyle Vandenbosch, Mike Jarecki, I'm Greg Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.